In a time where we have hundreds of conversations in a day, sometimes we need to slow down and learn a person's journey. Knowing so many extraordinary people from various walks of life has led me to believe that we need to unravel the answers to so many questions that often go unanswered. This is where we talk about the tough stuff that makes us extraordinary. My name is Liv, and I believe these conversations hold tremendous value in the journey to discover who we are and who we share our world with. Welcome to Ordinary Conversations with Extraordinary People. This is The Modern Badass. Modern Badass number five joins us all the way from St. Louis, Missouri. Stephanie Weeder is one of my former teammates that went on to pursue a career in human resources as it pertains to healthcare. Over the years, we have shared a lot of laughs, and this chat is no shortage of fun. She has persevered through a number of things over the years, and she learned a lot about herself during her time as a student athlete. Cozy up with your favorite drink and listen to what Steph has to say about her life. Hello, Steph. Liz? Hello, how are you? Hi. This is awesome. Thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Oh, of course. I was, I've been so excited all today and just like get to catch up with you and it's been a while. No, I'm trying to think of the last time we saw each other. It's been too long. It's been too long, yeah. (laughs) Um, I think probably Sarah's wedding, I want to say. Oh my goodness. No, you you were in Florida. Did what? were you in Florida? Yeah, you were in Florida for Michelle's bachelorette party. So that, I was, yeah. So that that was I can't remember what um, but yeah, I, I was there. So it would yeah. So summer of twenty nineteen. Can you describe your experiences as a kid with sports and how those experiences have contributed to who you are today? Like I know, um, I didn't meet you until college. But certainly there was a lot that happened before that to get you to where you were in college. And then who you are today has probably been another shift, right? Right, right. Yeah. Um, really, I mean, I can't remember. I can't remember any time in my life I wasn't playing a sport. Um, you know, when you're little, your parents kind of just throw you in everything just to see like, okay, what, what's this kid good at? <laughs> or what are they like? So, um, yeah, I, I tried just about everything. Um, and yeah, it really just soccer stuff was the one that stuck with me and I was just more natural at it. And, um, and I actually started pretty late, um, playing. Usually people start in kindergarten or, you know, preschool. And I was in second grade when I started playing in general. So I was late, I was a late bloomer. Um, but my mom always tells the story that, um, you know, she, I, I've got all sisters and, you know, I'm a girl and she put us in dance because she's like, okay, well, this is what girls do. They dance. So I guess it was a battle. Like every time it was, you know, a, a practice or going to dance class, um, it was a battle for me to like get my leotard on and my tights. And I'm just like, oh, like, come on, let's go. We're going to be late. And then she's like, once you signed up, once we got you going in soccer, um, you were like ready half hour early you know, for practice, got yourself dressed, um, like didn't have to fight with you about anything, um, you know, just in general with getting, getting to practice or games. So that's how she kind of knew that this is something I like to do and that I was, you know, passionate about and, um, you know, could be something that I do going through my life. And so it just, we always laugh about it. It was a sign. That that signal that this was kind of my thing. (laughs) That's funny. But, uh, but yeah, overall, um, the experiences were always really positive. Um, you know, I started out doing CYC soccer and that's just like church leagues and, um, you know, just people from all different schools and districts and then did try out, I think in about the fifth grade for like a travel club team. And that was, you know, I didn't know what I was getting into. My parents were all new to this. And, um, so we just went to, you know, but Anheuser-Busch soccer park, which is a pretty big location in St. Louis, 
um, and just did an open tryout and I was selected for a team and that's kind of how that journey started. And, um, you know, I didn't realize what I was getting into, but you know, that's a big commitment and it's, you know, three practices a week and games and games on weekends and all that stuff. So it just became a part of my life and it just went from there really. Um, and I met like the best people. So just whoever I played with, I've still am really close to some of the people today. Um, but just, I think overall the experience was, you know, you're going through ups and downs. Like you're not always going to have a good day. Um, you know, sometimes you're, sometimes you're going to have bad days when you play and it just helps you see the bigger picture and just, you know, you focus on improving yourself and, you know, how you can contribute to the team and then, um, just building confidence as a, as a young girl, you know, we, I grew up during, I don't know if Canada, you know, you have your own, you, you know, your own country's players on the, on the team, but we had Mia Hamm and, you know, Brianna Scurry and all these great players when I was growing up. So that's who I really, I just thought it was amazing. And that's who I looked up to. And it was a really exciting time in women's soccer in general. Um, so that kind of contributed to like me wanting to play more and just get better and better just watching them. So um, it was always fun. Uh, there was definitely challenges, but uh, I wouldn't take anything back for the world. No. And it, you're, you're so right. And you're so spot on about so many of the lessons that we learn and, and the confidence building and the way that all ties into really who you become as a person, those experiences through sports. And uh, it really does end up shaping you and kind of your outlook on things later on in life, which is really. Mm -hmm. uh, so we both went to Austin P. We were roommates at one point. That was my <laughs> sophomore year. We were. Your yeah, freshman year. Yeah. That was fun. In dorm rooms that should be condemned, but I think they're still standing. Aren't, I wonder if they are. I, I would be surprised because they were very dungeon-like when we lived there. Uh, but yeah. we made the best of it. Uh, we did. We did. I didn't know any better. So I was just like, okay, this is home for the next year. And then, uh, yeah, they definitely, there was definitely some mold in those, <laughs> in those dorms growing around. <laughs> But uh, it was fun. It was, it was a good time. So when we were at Austin Peay, we played soccer together. Um, and what did you end up studying? I, I know you went into health. What did you end up going into? So I ended up, um, so my major was in healthcare management, and I had a minor in business. Right. So I came in with that and just stuck with it. I didn't, I didn't change um you know, majors or anything like that. I just, I, I just kind of fell into it. Uh, I like the health part of it and like the kind of the medical field and just, um, you know, that realm of things, but I knew I wasn't going to go to medical school. I wasn't going to, you know, do anything like that, but I also, um, like business. So it was a perfect combination of business that is more, you know, universal. I could use that in multiple, you know, uh, you know, aspects of my career. So that's just, I wanted that to be like a fallback, but then just specialize in, um, in healthcare management. It was a pretty up and up and coming, um, major. It wasn't, I don't think it's been around super long back when I first elected to do that, but it's, it's grown quite a bit. And I know they've branched out into like more specific fields. And so that was kind of the, that was the start of that major. So and I really like, yeah. That. That, and that's a, such a big field. Uh, there's so many, like you said, so many branches that it could possibly become. So um, since leaving Austin P, what has your career life kind of been like? It's been a while. Like I think back and you just graduate from college and then it's 10 years down the road. I know. Uh, but I, so yeah, I came, I graduated and it was May 5th. I will never forget that date, May 5th, and came back home to St. Louis. And I um, was lucky enough to have a job right out of, out of school. So I had accepted the position about two weeks before I graduated and then had a little bit of time when I got home to get settled. And then I started working at Charter Communications, uh, which is like a cable company. And I got a position in their benefits department. So it's, it's all lumped in with HR. So um, kind of got my foot in the door there and, um, you know, worked in benefits for two and a half years. And I learned a ton. It was, I loved 
um, it was honestly the perfect entry level position for me. And it was in my field, you know, I, I studied healthcare management, like it was all coming together and I could apply what I learned in college. Uh, but then in the real world, cause it's, you know, the experience is so important. You know, you can only learn so much in a book, but actually doing it was, was really cool. Um, and then after that, I went on to the broker side and that, that is when you have, you know, multiple clients, you're, there's, you know, large companies, small companies, mid-sized companies. So I was like, hmm, that, that's a good stepping stone into, it's another part of the industry, um, but just, you know, a different aspect of it. So I thought that would be a good kind of rounding, rounding out my experience as a healthcare professional. So I went that route and was a broker for about five years. Um, I started there, it was called JW Terrell. And they, um, I started as a service rep working, really just doing anything they needed me to do, um, just helping, you know, clients and um, working on special projects, anything they really would give me, I would accept. Um, and so I learned a ton and then I got promoted after about a year and a half to an account manager. So that was um, a big step for me because, you know, this is where I'm, you know, I was given anywhere between 15 and 18 companies and I'm basically uh, managing their, their healthcare and their benefits for their employees. Yeah. So that was a big, big learning curve and, um, you know, learned, learned a ton and did that for the rest of that, <laughs> the rest of that five years, so about probably four and a half years. I did that or four years. I did that. And then just recently I, um, this was back in March of 2020. I switched over back to the client side and am working at the Archdiocese of St. Louis now as a benefit specialist. Okay. So, okay. yeah. Yeah. So a lot of healthcare, <laughs> a lot of, you know, medical insurance stuff. Um, and I, and I love it. It's, it's something that as an employee, you, that that's retention. They, they want to know what benefits they're getting and how they're being taken care of as an employee. So it's really important just for, um, and you know, just for any company and organization just to keep good employees and, you know, just to, they want the employee to know that they're valued and that's a good way to do it just through their benefit package. So I love working, working with the employees and all the, all the people that are under me. So it's, it's fun. That's great. Cause I, I think even of my own benefits package, right. Sometimes I have questions and uh, want to know a little bit more information and to have that, that care from the, the higher ups is mm-hmm. important. And it's such a, such a big industry, right? So it's huge. And it's honestly, it's, and that's why another reason why I got into it, because it is so big and you can do so many different things with it. Um, and it's financially for a company, healthcare costs uh, just for budget purposes are definitely, definitely top three, if not one or two. So mm-hmm. it's incredibly important for us to, you know, get, get the benefits that are best for our employee population, as well as, you know, you know, the spending part of it, because we've got to pay for all this stuff for our employees. So it's, it's kind of both. Um, there's two buckets you're kind of dealing with. So it's a big, big cost vendor for, for uh, organizations. Yeah. Well, I think of my situation, my salary is one thing. And then my benefits package is so valuable to me. Like, I don't know what I would do if I didn't have dental coverage, or if I couldn't go, you know, if I needed glasses or things like that. Right. So I'm very thankful that, that, you know, companies that like the one that you work for exist, like yours is in the States, obviously. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's healthcare is much in the U S than in Canada. And it's, it's interesting seeing both sides of how it works. Um, so it's, you know, it's just what we're used to here and mm-hmm. uh, it's, and it's a positive thing. Like it, there's very few just negative things about what I do, which is good. You're like giving good news to people or, you know, help, you're always helping them. Yeah. So that's what I like. That's really great. That's really great. Um, so over the years, right. Uh, have you had any career rate related challenges come up in that industry or has it been a pretty smooth sailing journey for you? You know, it, it, overall, big picture, it's been pretty smooth sailing. Um, but there was a certain, and this is more recently, actually, um, there was a certain time period just when I was as um, working at the broker firm or the brokerage as an account manager. And there was just 
a lot of just issues, like interpersonal issues with the company. It was that we had a big um, merge happen that, you know, took the three years I was there is when it happened. Um, So yeah, that just changed the structure of the company. And I just felt like every day was a battle. And I think that's where, um, you know, I realized that I liked, it was a blessing because I, you know, realized that I wanted to be on the client side again, where I was at Charter. I liked doing internal things with the company and just helping, you know, just enhancing and improving benefits within a company than having to work with 18 different companies and just do like the, the surface of things. Right. So yeah, it was, it was a big challenge um, going from client side to broker side, back to client side, but in um, just getting um, the company, they really, I think overdid how many, they gave us too many clients. So that was where I was like, wow, like I, you know, we talked to other people at different firms and they're like, oh yeah, I've got 10 clients. And I'm like, I have 18. So it was, um, that was difficult because I, I'm the type of person I want to be personal with everybody. And that's, you know, that's what your clients want is just to have a partnership with you. And it was really hard uh, being spread pretty thin to do that. So, um, yeah, that was a big challenge. Yeah. And at a certain point, it's like not fair to you because you want to do your best work for everybody. And then you can't because you're spread so thin. Exactly. Yep, exactly. And there was uh, a number of just, and there was, I think, a lot more just plain office drama that didn't need to be happening. So I think the buildup of just all of it, um, I just decided, you know, it's time to move on. You know, I'll be happy, happy somewhere else. So that's what I did. Um, but overall, I mean, I've worked with really awesome people, but no, no matter where you're at, you're going to have good egg, but good eggs and bad eggs. That's So I just, you know, you realize that. So, so even though you wanted to leave and you recognize that you wanted to go back to that client, client side of things, that still takes a lot of courage to leave kind of what you know and what you've known for quite a while, right? Cause you had been there for a long time you know, a a big chunk of your time as uh, a person in the career field. How did you manage that? Like just personally on like a personal emotional level, was that difficult to do or? Um, It was, um, I think my mom for getting me through that. (laughs) Actually, she got a lot of phone calls for me just, you know, being like, what do I do? And, you know, am I doing this right? And um, so I, I thank her for getting me through that time period. But uh, it, yeah, it did take a lot of courage um, because, like I said, I liked a lot of people there, but just the setup, just the whole situation really wasn't working for me, and I knew that, And um, but I was, overall, I was, I was pretty happy with how it worked out, um, <laughs> so it was, I didn't have much, like, I wasn't super sad leaving, right? because I was going to something better, and, you know, it was closer to home, there was just a lot, a lot of benefits to my to my new position. Right. So I was um, pretty, pretty happy overall. Not going to lie. It's good. No. And if it's the right move for you at the right time, then, you know, it might be a little bit bittersweet, but probably sweeter than bitter. Right. Oh, absolutely. That's yeah. It was so, so sweet. And it was even better because it happened right before COVID was going on. So I started my position at the end of March last year right. and basically shut down like that weekend right after that. Well, well so, happy pretty much one year at your current position. Yeah. <laughs> Very exciting. <Yep>. One year. <laughs> I, how has COVID been for you? How has living in a pandemic been for you? Um, it hasn't been that different, to be honest. I know it's affected a lot of people in very negative ways, but I, I'm just really lucky to say that, um, I mean, besides I did start remotely in my position and did that for a month and a half. Right. So that was challenging just to try to mingle and meet my, my coworkers, my boss, I'm trying to learn systems. I'm not a super tech, (laughs) super tech savvy. So learning just the, all the systems they use and just how things work. I mean, just everything that you have to take on when you start a new position, um, that, uh, was challenging over just zoom calls and just regular calls and e- really a lot of just emails explaining things. Right. So 
that was probably, that was the most stressful time. But once we got into the office, uh, I mean, it was pretty regular. I'm, my area is kind of away. It's six feet from basically everyone. So it hasn't changed much besides just wearing masks everywhere and washing my hands more frequently. So yeah, um, pretty lucky. Yeah. Not, not a lot of change. Oh, that's good. That's good. Um, so let's talk about our time at Austin P in good old Clarksville, Tennessee. Oh, let's go. <laughs> that's right. Let's go down yeah, memory lane and let's talk about some of the wild times. Do you have any like standout memories that, you know, really you feel that define your time there? Uh, ones that I can say or there, <laughs> um, I guess, I mean, for me personally, or just as a player or as a in general, in general, it can be on the field, off the field, soccer related, not soccer related, whatever you want. Okay. That's tough. Cause there was a lot of really good times and a lot of really bad times that stuck out to me or stick out to me. Um, I would say, uh, well, I guess so my, after my sophomore year, um, you know, I had, I'd come in as a freshman and worked, worked my butt off the the whole summer before coming into my freshman year, just to get, you know, get noticed and just to be in shape and just worked really hard, got there, things were going good. And then I know my, I got hurt and I'd gotten a little bit of trouble (laughs) my freshman year, but then went on and it was kind of a downslip from there. But my sophomore year, I think I just got in like a, just a very low slump with just, you know, I'm like, oh, I'm burnt out. I've been playing my entire life. I'm just, I'm ready to just, you know, join a sorority and, you know, be done with all this BS and yeah. I kind of had mentality. Um, and so I just remember coming home, you know, sophomore summer and I was, I was about ready to transfer. I was just going to go to Mizzou, you know, I'm from Missouri, St. Louis, Missouri, and a lot of us um, go to Mizzou, and that's where my sister was, that's where my mom went, and that's where a lot of my friends went, so I was, I had the papers just in front of me, and I remember just crying, just crying, and my parents were there, and, you know, they're like, whatever makes you happy, just do it, but there was just a part, like, I, it, I almost, like, am choking up now thinking about it, because it was so significant, where it was just I was about to end that, that huge chapter of my life. And I had the papers ready to go. Like I literally had the pen on paper and my dad, I just remember him being like, are you, so you're just going to quit. You're just going to quit. And I was like, and I just, I'm not a quitter. And like, you've got two more years, like, and you love the girl. I mean, you guys, you know how we all feel about each other. Like we're just soul sisters. We love each other on and off the field. Um, and I just couldn't bear missing any of that and just not being with you guys and experiencing like all my, my four years in college, I couldn't see that without you guys. Yeah. So yeah. And so I just dropped the pen and I was like, all right, I'm just going to finish it out. And I just felt, I just could see myself signing that and then just regretting, just not trying my hardest for the next two years. So I didn't, and I, I'm so glad I didn't sign the papers. Oh, that you're giving me goosebumps. I'm getting goosebumps too. It's also very cold in my room. So, Um, but yeah, it was very significant. And I think that moment just was like, you're going to give it your all. And then whatever happens, happens. So I did. And um, overall felt like I came out on the other side. So I was pretty happy about that. And uh, there's so many moments like, like that, where you're at this, low point and there are things I think about now like we were young like that sorry that was summer after your sophomore year so you would have been what 19 or 20 mm-hmm. 19 so that's significant to have that kind of decision making process that you have to make and it pertains to your future and it pertains to your commitment levels and you know having integrity come into question and you know, the, the label of being a quitter. And those, those are heavy things. That's so hard. They really are. And you don't realize it at the time, but they, yeah, it's a huge decision and it's, it's a big part of your, your life. And um, yeah, that's definitely made me just going through those last two years. And that was actually some of the funnest times, like those two years just in school and with you guys and on the field, like it was just a blast. 
Um, the grind was worth it. <laughs> what? The grind was worth it. It was. Oh, I can't tell. I would. I, I can't say I'd do it all over again because I think my legs would fall off, but um, <laughs> it, was, it was so worth it. And uh, yeah, just, just thank God every day that he gave me the strength to do that and to finish strong. And um, yeah, it was great. That's amazing. I'm so glad you didn't transfer. Cause... <laughs> I do. Yeah. No, I'm once a lady gov, always lady gov. I can't, I can't go be a Mizzou tiger. So yes. um, lady govs. That was pretty significant. And I think, I guess, one other one that kind of sticks out to me on the top of my head, um, and this uh, kind of dials back to when I was a kid as well, but um, my senior year, well, let me go back first. Um, you know, when I was younger uh, as, a, as a back, and I maybe, Liv, you can relate, because you played, you played wing back, didn't uh, you? A little bit more center back, but... Liv? Yeah, sorry, can oh, you speak? Oh, it sounded like it got cut off or something. Oh, okay. No, I played a little bit more center back. Oh, okay, okay. So, but you you get, I don't know if it was only where I lived, but um, overall, I guess defenders kind of have, or just the backs have a reputation of just not getting a lot of glory because they're not scoring goals. Totally. Okay, do you agree? <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, totally. we you know, we just would fight hard and, you know, defend our goal, but we weren't goal scoring. So we didn't get a lot of attention, um, which I just love the position. I just loved being there on the field and just my role on the field. Um, but that's kind of, that's what we're known. We don't get, we don't get all the, the glory. And I remember just kind of telling my dad that when I, I was probably 11, 10 or 11. And I was like, you know, I work really hard. I just feel like I'm not getting noticed. And, um, I just, it kind of bothered me because I'm like, I know I have, you know, I, I know I can do this and I know I love the sport and I'm pretty decent at it, but I just don't feel like anyone really recognizes my hard work. And so, um, my dad was like, well, right in your shin, in your shin guard, I'm a noticeable player or I want to be a noticeable player. So I wrote that in both my shin guards and just, you know, warm every game. And it, it sounds silly, but I always would see, you know, soccer games on TV and, you know, the players getting interviewed and just, you know, usually like the, the person that scored the winning goal would get interviewed. And I just thought that would be so cool to like really stand out and like be the player of the game or just, you know, be able to have a voice after the game to talk, you know, just, just to be interviewed. I thought that was so cool. Yeah. And um, I remember, you know, just throughout all those years, always had that in my shin guard. And then, you know, through college, you know, played, worked hard. And then, but it was my senior year and I've never, ever been interviewed. Like even, even in high school, like we didn't really, we weren't allowed to like speak to the press, but our coaches would. And my senior year, it, it happened. Like I was asked a few questions and it was put in like the Clarksville paper. And that meant, it sounds so silly, but it meant so much to me. I'm like, wow, someone actually like picked me to ask these questions. And I, I you know, can speak about the team's experience during the game and my experience. And it just, it was like, I was on cloud nine after that. So that's so meaningful. Like it's not silly because that hit home for you. That was something that you had wanted for so long. And you're totally right because defenders don't get accolades. The defenders don't get recognized as often. <laughs> so yeah, that's really cool. Thanks. Yeah. I it was a, I remember just telling my dad, I'm like, it happened. I got noticed today. And it was just always our inside thing. Um, well, that's it, was, yeah, so it was a big deal. So I was, I was pretty proud of that. Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, any like wild moments at Austin Peay you'd like to speak about? <laughs> Are you really going to make me go down that road? <laughs> wild moments. Um, every day was an adventure at, at the P. Um, I would say just an, an appropriate wild story would be um, when the Gatorade spilled down our bus. And okay, that was, I remember that trip. Can we rewind for a quick sec? Because I want you to tell the story, but we were going to Jacksonville State. That's right. It was like the second time in two weeks because we had been like rained out the weekend before. So we had to drive, it was like, six hours or something down to Alabama 
for the second time in two weeks. We were missing homecoming. I remember that. We were missing homecoming weekend. (laughs) And we had had to stop. Uh, Okay, now I'll let you go. I'll let you go. You did a really good job because I didn't remember that part of it. But I remember it was a long bus ride. And we stopped. And I don't know. Everyone was just on edge for whatever reason. Like just annoyed that we had to go back down there and whatnot. And we stopped. Well, first of all, I think the TV broke. Like the TVs on our bus broke. Or they didn't work. And so we, you know, got maybe like half hour in, I want to say. And we're like, oh, we've got to switch buses because we can't go on like this 14-hour excursion without TVs and we can't watch Spice World and that's a problem. So yes. so yes. we had to go to the bus place, get a new bus, like unpack, you know, everyone had to unload, reload, all that. And then we stopped at a gas station and because on the way there, we weren't supposed to stop at the gas station, but I guess I won't name names, but but someone we had like a Gatorade jug that we would get Gatorade out of at the back of the bus and there was always ice at the top and some people would like to get the ice in their water bottle so they'd unscrew the top and you know they were supposed to screw it back on afterwards but this one time it did not get screwed on tightly enough or at all so we hit some sort of bump or like the brakes went on really quickly and this entire Gatorade (laughs) Gatorade like dispenser thing huge I don't know how many gallons it was just went over the seat and spilled all down like the aisle like everywhere just spilled completely under all the seats down the aisle it was a tidal wave of red Gatorade and you heard it and then you like look back and you see this like rushing red Gatorade and you're like trying to pick up your laptop off the floor and like we're all screaming I in like I felt like it was an out-of-body experience for most of us, at least for me, because I was sl- kind of sleeping-ish and <laughs> looking up. And i that's all I saw was red liquid. And I was like, I have never moved so fast in my entire life to get everything <laughs> off, the, off the floor. And so it was just like that slow-mo of like, no, going down the bus. And so that was the first thing. So we pull over because like, okay, we have to clean up the bus. It's going to be all sticky and smelly and, you know. So gross. Meanwhile, it leaks to the bottom of the bus, like to where all our white uniforms are, all our equipment, like everything, like our clothes that we just pack. Um, Yeah. So the red Gatorade seeps through, stains everything. And we are just a coach and everyone's just like at their, just at their wits end. And we get off and we're all kind of like, you know, just kind of groaning and moaning and, um, you know, seeing all the damage it did under the bus to our stuff. And I think there was like, we were by like a pig bar, something, there was like bees because of like the sugar, there was starting to get swarms of like bees or like flies. I kind of remember that part. I remember that. I remember getting like swarmed by bees because yeah, everything was sticky. (laughs) Everything was sugar and sticky and it was just not our day overall. Um, but yeah, just remember the bugs started, you know, sensing, you know, the lady govs are here. They've got, they've got stuff for us. So that was happening. And then we're like, well, we might as well go in and get like snacks and drinks and stuff while we're here. And we walk in and yours truly, me, I accidentally, like I had my purse and it just had it on my shoulder and I turned too quickly and knocked over an entire pyramid of like peanuts. <laughs> Steph, I didn't know that. I I think I completely missed that. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. You could have been in the bathroom, but it was like it was a scene, and I just was like, "What else is going to happen?" Like everyone needs to be in a bubble and like not walk or talk or do anything. But yeah, oh, I just over this yeah pyramid of peanuts or something, and I was like, "We need to leave. Like we are going to like burn this place down if we stay too long." So. <laughs> That and that was kind of the end of that memory, but it was, I will never forget it. It was, it was, it could have been an episode of like something. It was the most ridiculous like hour and a half because, yeah, we had just gotten this new bus because the last bus wasn't good enough. And then Gatorade spills. And then I think we ended up having to get the old bus that we were just on, didn't we? Oh, maybe that, maybe we did. We had no TV and we couldn't watch Spice World. And then we probably lost when we got there. Yeah, probably. Because we didn't have our pump up. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I can't remember if we like went back 
it was just a disaster. Like, and it, you just, I think it got to the point where everyone was just slap happy and we just started laughing at everything. So it, it was probably a fun bus ride, but just on the way there was a complete mess. Like just gong show to the max. <laughs> I'm sure, I just wish I was like a person in like getting gas or something and just watching this whole thing happen and be like, oh my God. Like, like we were pulling jerseys out that used to be white and we're like, oh, these are full on like bright pink now. Oh, because we didn't, they, they tried to wash it or Caitlin tried to wash it and it wouldn't come out. So we did have pink jerseys. Yeah, it, they looked like they'd been tie-dyed or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, will, oh, I will never forget that. I'm like, well, at least, you know, if it's breast cancer month, then we, we have pink jerseys, so. Um. I remember another time, I think it was at Jacksonville State as well, and we had a rain delay. Maybe it was the weekend before we were supposed to play. And I remember we were rain delayed or, like, lightning storm delayed for hours and hours. Yeah. And we were in the locker room, and – we were coming up with like the grossest um, would you rathers. <laughs> Do you remember that? I don't remember that. I remember like it was, I think it was Central Florida, but it, had, it was like a tsunami and we were like waiting like in the open. I don't remember being in like a locker room, but maybe that was a different game. Oh, yeah. I can't remember. It was, it was bad though. There were some really bad ones. I think Hannah was the master of like the most disgusting would you rathers. <gasps> oh, so- I. I, that doesn't shock me. It doesn't shock me. No, no, she was so creative with it. It was disgusting. Love you, Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh there is, I'm trying to think, like, it's just been so long um, of just different memories overall. Uh, there was one hotel, I think it was in Cape, and apparently it was, like, haunted or something. Like, there was some, it was old, and it, it was, like, one of those hotels where, it had like, you know, the fake plants, like you felt like you're, you really weren't outside, but they had like the, oh my gosh. Oh, I remember that. I remember that one. Yeah. Since birthday. And so we had like root beer floats and everything. And it was just a very old hotel and it was just very seventies, eighties vibe. It was different. Like it was different. Like you, it was humid in the hotel because like the the pool was just open in the middle of the lobby. (laughs) uh it was a- we see some interesting places over the years like I think of it and w- like we've been to a lot of different towns and cities around the U.S. like especially that southeast right uh-huh mm-hmm. but I've never really seen America <laughs> like because I've I've been to like Martin Tennessee and wherever EKU is and wherever SEMO is, uh-huh. but I've never actually like experienced those places. Yeah, those aren't the fun places though to go. So you're you aren't missing anything. Don't worry. No, that's true. I have been to like the big cities. You saw boring America. <laughs> um, oh but yeah, I loved that was the one just traveling with everyone was I mean at times it was exhausting. Um, but that's also kind of what is part of just like persevering through just the whole like college soccer experience of, you know, you're trying to be a full-time student and a full-time athlete. And uh, that really teaches you how to prioritize. I'll tell you that. Yes. Definitely know how to prioritize because of that schedule we had. So having come out the other side of things, right. And knowing the adversity that you went through and the ups and downs and the thought of maybe, maybe this isn't for me, right? Mm-hmm. At a certain point. Now on the outside looking in after the fact, is it something that you would recommend to, uh, you know, somebody playing high school soccer? If, if you knew them and they said, oh, I want to go play college soccer, what would be maybe the advice that you would give them? Or would you recommend that they steer clear? Or would you say, just go for it? Mm-hmm. What kind of things would you maybe tell that person? Um, You know, I've actually been asked that question before, Uh, same situation, you know, just a person that I played, she was a couple years younger than me in high school, and she was looking to play college soccer and asked me that question. And, and I still agree to my response to this this day, that really, it's, um, you know, it's a job, like you are not going to be just a normal student. Um, You know, if you're, if you're teeter tottering of like, 
I want to do it, probably don't do it because it, if you really don't want it, you'll quit. You have to really want it. Um, and you have to want to push yourself and push your teammates. And it's a, it's a huge commitment and responsibility, but you have, you get, you, I felt a ton of pride being a student athlete. Um, you know, you're representing your school, you're representing yourself. So that's, that was a pride thing that I took very seriously. And I thought it was really important, but just for a person that is like, I want to try it out. I would be like, probably don't waste your time. <laughs> like, it's not like a try it out type thing. Either you're in it or you're not. Um, and, and if you're in it, then just know it's, it, you're going to have really high highs and really low lows. But, and if you're, if you're on the right team with the right girls and the right coach, it'll be the best experience you'll ever have. And you'll, you won't regret a second of it. Um, you'll be stronger because of it. You'll, um, you know, it's a great thing to put on your resume. I mean, that's almost one of the littlest parts of, of the experience is that, that little, you know, you get to put it on your resume, but um, yeah, that's, I would just tell them that be prepared, like, you know, be in shape. Um, and if you're really, you know, just committed to it, go for it and just work, work your butt off and, um, you know, just take, take each practicing game for what it is and, uh, you know, just have fun, like try to have as much fun as you can. Don't let it just pass you up. Cause it does, it does go by so quickly. And if you blink, it's like, it's done. Like you, even during those hard sprints and those, like, just, you're like, this game will never end. Like, it's just exhausting. It, it's all going to end so, at some point. So just try to just take it in, soak it in and make the best of it. Um, and you won't regret it. So. That's a phenomenal answer. I love that way that you framed that advice. And I love that somebody actually asked you that because what better person to go to than somebody who's been through it? Right, right. And, um, and I think that girl actually, <laughs> and I didn't want to, I didn't want to convince her or like persuade her not to, but I could tell she was just, she was a good player, but I just didn't think she had like the passion behind it. So I actually think she ended up not playing and I she probably doesn't regret not playing either. Cause you know, there's a lot of other cool things to do on campus and if you're not an athlete, but, uh, yeah, it, it was just, I'd rather if, if I was asked that again, I would just be just blunt about it and just not sugarcoat anything. And, you know, you just gotta, you have to have tough skin to get through that type of thing. So. Totally. Totally. I know I've got a group of my students and there's a group that I'm working with that are wanting to go onto the NCAA and, and play in the U S specifically. And yeah, I'm having to have some tough conversations with a few of them who you know, they play at a good level and they're capable, but I can tell that they don't have that extra something mm -hmm. to want to push through, you know, being a good player versus trying to be the best player kind of thing. Right. right. It's really hard. It's really, and you have to know how to motivate yourself. Um, you know, your team's surrounding you, but, and sometimes it's not a right fit. Like sometimes you can be a great player, but this team isn't the right fit. And I think that's where, we all got incredibly lucky um, that we all, like I said before, lo love each other on and off the field and that the, the team chemistry was just unbreakable. Like, you know, we had, we were like sisters. We were with each, with each other all the time. So we had, you know, our tiffs, but we in the end just, you know, have the best team chemistry, I think overall, or had the best team chemistry. Yeah. And I think about it and I don't remember a time and I was on the, the field far less than anybody else, but I don't remember a time where something on the field impacted relationships off the field. No, mm -mm. I, I, I've, I've tried to think of situations like maybe I'm sugarcoating it. Maybe I have the blinders on, but I don't remember there being a time where like, yeah, stuff went down on the field or, and people like held a grudge. Mm -hmm off the field like I feel as though it was a positive experience and that they were two separate entities they really I I, I totally agree with you um unless it was really minor that I just don't even remember it um yeah yeah I can't remember anything huge that happened um because once you're once you're on the field you have to put everything aside it, you know whether it happens outside of the field and bring you onto the field or vice versa you just have to remember like we're here to win and to, you know, just get it, get it done. So everything else has to be set aside. 
you know, during that, during that 90 minutes, that's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, it is, it is your job while you're in college, right? None of us were able to, to work in addition to being a student. Being an athlete was our job. It was a full-time job in addition to, to our studies, right? Yeah. Yeah. It really was. And, um, you know, it was the, the late nights and early mornings of just having to, I, I don't honestly don't remember how we did it. Like I think back and it was, I mean, having two, two days, sometimes three days during spring, uh, spring season, that's a lot to take on. And, um, you know, you're just, I just took a lot of nap. I remember just taking a lot of naps, <laughs> classes and, you know, before practice and stuff. Uh, but, you know, but also it's just, we had so much support from each other. So that helped a lot. Yeah. And, and I don't think there's anything that prepared me more for life than going through that hectic schedule and going through that exhausted feeling and the, the needing to push through the day-to-day things. It wasn't necessarily pushing through uh, a fitness activity. It was getting up and going, that's what you need to do. Right. No matter how, you know, yeah. Oh, I totally agree. It's um, if you can get through that type of schedule, like we all did, it, is a huge like you just see like once you get into the corporate world or whatever you end up doing in the teaching world I from my experience I feel like just people that have played a sport in college or you know maybe not all four years but just did um, at one point their their focus motivation mentality is just eons above everybody else Um, and not in some cases uh, not in every single case but it's just you can definitely tell kind of pick apart, you know, who has that, that drive and who doesn't. So. Yeah. It does add a lot to a person's demeanor in the workplace or in life in general. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's a character builder. <laughs> it, it will, it'll <laughs> test everything about you. It'll test your like physically, emotionally, mentally, all of that. And I think just the com- combination of overcome, just knowing how to control yourself just helps you in life in general, just knowing how to overcome the hard stuff and just stay focused and, um, you know, have goals, just know how to have a goal and how to, and what it takes to get there. It, it just all comes full circle. Definitely. So being on the, you know, retired side, I guess, of like college athletics, um, what do you do now to stay active? Cause you're still very fit. <laughs> Thanks Liv. That's <laughs> Maybe, maybe not fitness test fit, but fit in different ways. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I still, um, it's been a while. I used to play indoor soccer, but I did have a little injury. And I was, at the time, I was just about to buy a house. So I decided to kind of let that injury heal and not push it. And then I, you know, didn't want to be moving, moving into my new house with like a crutch or something. So yeah, yeah that was the end of that. And I would, I'd be fine getting back into it here and there. I just haven't had a, like an urge to do it. Um, but besides that, I really just, I do go to the gym still, um, run outside when it's nice. And then in the winter, I usually try to do, uh, at least like one or two months of hot yoga. I love hot yoga. It's oh, I love it too. Great. It is just, I feel like it cleanses you and it just, and I'm not a flexible person at all. Um, but it's <laughs> like just the heat, like just the stretching it, like really over time just cures a lot of aches and pains that I've had and just like, just not being flexible. So that I enjoy that a lot just in the winter months, just to, you know, stay in from the cold and, and do that. Um, but yeah, working out and, um, that walking a lot. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. I, I do like to switch it up. Like I've done like kickboxing and uh, like a body pump class that is, uh, it's like all Olympic lifts and circuits and stuff that we used to do in, uh, weight in our weight training. So stuff like nice. that. yeah, kind of the usual stuff. Yeah, that's good. Like a good variety never gets never. boring. Uh-uh. There's always something to do. That's great. That's great. And then, okay. So we're going to talk a little bit about love. Oh, okay. <laughs> we have to, right. We have to. So for you, I'm curious to know what is important to you in a relationship? What are some of your priorities? um, That's a great question. And I've had a lot of time to think about it over the past couple of years. And it's, it's changed like from, you know, three years ago, um, 
you know, I was in a serious relationship that ended and I had actually never been like truly single for that long, which was weird to me. And it felt weird. And, um, it was definitely a growth period for me. And I mean, at the time I thought I knew was like what I prioritized. And then over the course of, or what's important to me, but over the course of the next, like the last two or three years, it's changed. And I would say just the most important, is that the question? <laughs> I think I lost track of the question. Yeah, priorities are like, what's important to you? Communication, definitely. Uh, both partners yeah. have to be wanting to know, like, in really, I don't care how long you've been together, um, whether it's a week, a year, or 10 years. I just think the the effort to still like constantly pursue the other person and get to know the other person. Um, even if you think you know them inside and out is really important. Uh, just talking, being open and honest about ev- everything, every topic, and just not having a fear of being like, Oh, what are they going to think of me? If, if I think this and they disagree, like, are they not going to like me anymore? Um, so just honest, open communication and, I'm just a physical attraction. I think some people kind of go back and forth on that, but I definitely just know from experience that you really have to be physically attracted to somebody. Um, That's super important just to, you know, want to hug them and want to just be around them and, and snuggle and, um, you know, just you'd be physically attracted to them overall. And there has to be that that spark, that, that physical spark of like, Ooh, damn. I like you. <laughs> yeah. 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 That you just want to, you have that feeling you want. Yeah. You're right. The spark has to be there. And let's see. Um, the same, same morals and, and goals and values. That's, that's huge. Um, I know I, you know, just it, morals are just a huge thing. Just how you first of all, treat other people, um, what you believe yourself, just whether it's religion or um, just like your outlook on the world and the person you want to be and just how, what your standards are, they have to match up with your partner. So it's pretty hard if you're like, I'm trying to think of an example, but um, you know, if I were to value like going to church every Sunday or, you know, and the other person just is like, no, I'm not going to go to church. I don't even want to like pray in general. That might be a problem for me. Um, I mean, I'll, that, that might be kind of a bad example because I, I love my religion, but I, I don't go every Sunday, um, you know, with COVID and everything, but just overall outlook on um, what's important, you know? Yeah. Feeling aligned in, you know, what's important and where you plan on going with that kind of thing. Yes. Oh, like, like just planning for the future. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. And if, if they, yeah, you have to, I mean, everyone has their own dreams and goals and, you know, if, if, if it's hard for you to support your partner and what they want to do, I think that would be really hard to have a healthy relationship. Um, every relationship has its ups and downs. Like, I mean, there's always gonna be something that happens, but if you just really cannot, you know, if they want to do something, you're just like, I cannot, I don't want you to do that. I can't support you in doing that, like at all. That's really tough to get through. Um, so, yeah, just the outlook on where you're going and um, just the type of person you want to be and what you are is those are big priorities. Really big, yeah. Have you been able to date at all during the during the pandemic? Or because I I know here, like I've got some friends that are really hesitant to go and meet people, you know, especially this last year, it's pretty tricky. They, so the apps, um, I, I have been able to date during, uh, during COVID. Yeah. It, at first it was a pretty big lull cause things were just shut down. So it's hard to right. find things to do. And, you know, if, if the other person's uncomfortable just going out in public and having to wear a mask and being around people, then it's kind of like, well, I guess we won't meet then. Um, but yeah, it's, <laughs> there's been a lot of stories and different, I, I did have like a FaceTime date, like talking, yeah, Ooh. this was a while ago, but that was only our, uh, the only option we had. So, and I, we were like getting along on texting and then I was like, well, if we aren't comfortable going out and there's no, no place was open, all the bars were closed and 
the restaurants weren't open. Um, we had a FaceTime date. So that was interesting. Oh, there's a first time for everything. Yes, there is. And that was probably the first and last first, first date on FaceTime. (laughs) Um, been there. Don't need to be there. And, um, yeah, but overall, I mean, lately things with the vaccine being out, things are like opening, they're open and they're allowing more, they're doing like the 50% capacity and then moving on to 75% capacity. So it's happening. Yeah. Dating hasn't been too difficult. It's just a matter of wearing a mask when you're, when you're out. Right. Right. That's tricky. It really, yeah. It's, um, well, and it's, I, people that I've dated, we just kind of joke that it's like, you see their pictures on these, on their profiles on the apps. And then, but when you half your face is covered, like you kind of have to like guess, like, is that him or is that him? <laughs> like you just kind of, you're like hesitant to go up because you're like, I, it looks like his eyes, but I don't know what his mouth, you know, I can't see his mouth. So I don't know for sure if it's him. Um, and especially if people don't look the same in person as in their pictures, that's, that can be difficult. So it's, a guess, it's just a guessing game. You just pick a guy and you're like, oh, he looks like he's single. <laughs> I guess it's him. <laughs> It's so tricky because even again, my students, those that's my primary my primary uh, interactions these days. <laughs> but my students, I only see half of their face, right? So I only see their eyes. So I was walking um, out of the grocery store the other day, and there were a group of students, a group of like teenagers walking down the sidewalk, and one of them said hi to me, and I kind of was taken aback because they weren't wearing masks. <laughs> Like, who, who are you? You. And then I, I had to look a little closer and I was like, oh, I recognize the backpack she's wearing. And that's how I was able to decipher who that kid was. Cause I had never seen like her nose and mouth. Oh my God. That'd be so difficult. I don't know how, I think you guys all deserve a, like more than a medal. You guys all deserve a vacation. <laughs> Seriously. Um, yeah. Just with what you've been through. And during this past year and yeah, with your kids, they just, I, well, I'm on spring break now, so I can't complain too much, (laughs) but when the world opens back up, I would love to go on a holiday (laughs) and hopefully it's to come see you girls. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Come on over. I know once, once everything opens back up, I, you know, I always love coming to visit and I always love coming to the States for whatever wedding or you know, big celebration we're, we're going for next, right? Yeah. Um, I always love to be there. But now as soon as I can't be there, I'm like itching to, to come even more, right? It's like when your parents say, oh, you can't have this. And before you wouldn't have cared, but the fact that they said you can't have this. Or I need oh, it. Or just in general, like if you're on a diet or something. <laughs> can't have coffee. And then you're like, I really want candy now. So exactly um okay I have one little last thing to go over and I love doing this so this is the adult aha moments oh, okay so since becoming an adult and everybody has their own little measure of when that is because I'm still waiting for somebody to congratulate me on becoming an adult uh, like I've owned a home I've been married I've been divorced and I still don't feel like a grown-up <laughs> I don't think you ever people ever do and it's I don't really funny. Ever. it's funny you bring that up I don't mean to cut you off but no no that's okay literally the other day on the radio and just a talk uh, just a discussion they were having was called like people that were calling in the question was when did you feel like a true adult like where you have you have left behind your youth and you were like a straight-up adult and they said the most common answer was I've never felt grown up like I've never truly felt like an adult. I just feel like I turn a different, I turn a, uh, you know, older age, I get some wrinkles, I get some gray hair, but I just always inside, I don't feel grown up. <laughs> so No, and there's like, there's moments like I'm looking at my kitchen right now and I'm like, man, it looks like a frat house. Like <laughs> there are dishes piled up and a counter that definitely needs to be wiped down. And that's definitely not the house of grown up. It's it's whatever you want it to be. It's I <laughs> have the same thing going on. Like my room is just 
you know, after, after throughout the week, like the weekends, I'll have some time to clean, but throughout the week, you're just tired when you come home. Yeah. You know, so I'm like, I just kind of put stuff in, like not on the floor, but just in places just to get it out of the way. And that's why people have chairs in their bedroom. Oh, I have a huge, yeah, I've got this, like, it's a chest. So it's like, I was like, I need some of storage and somewhere I can just like put stuff on. So it's, yeah, it's definitely the catch all like little chase thing that I have. And then I have just <laughs> stuff, like stuff in there. I have stuff on top of it. I have stuff around it. It's just like, it's like a vortex in my room. <laughs> just but yeah, and I plan on, I'm kind of redoing my room right now, but I actually plan on getting a, another like decorative chair. So that's going to be another place to put stuff. So I'm setting my first disaster. So back onto the aha moment. Oh, yeah, sorry. That's okay. Has there been something since maybe legally becoming an adult then, um, since none of us are actually adults, um, has there been something that you've been like, oh, I get it now, or oh, I understand, like, why the grown-ups always complained about this? Um, let's see. That is hard. Um, an aha moment. Um, I'm trying to think. That's really tough. Um... Or like something that's given you a lot of clarity. I was had another thing in mind, but it's not as like deep as like clarity. <laughs> it's just, it's, it doesn't have to be deep. Hey, Carly's was about like how much it sucks to have to make dinner every night. That's true. That's a that Sunday. that is one of the truest true things that I have ever heard. Oh, that is the okay. worst. Yeah. Um, I'd say I guess when it comes to like coffee when just you know you always it's like oh don't talk to someone until they have their coffee you know it's like the adult thing it was always the adult oh. drink growing up like I didn't have coffee till college and but I just thought it was so cool and people had their their Starbucks or you know the little coffee cup and mm-hmm. me in my head I was like that's so adult to have a Starbucks coffee like walking around like you know just getting your day started and just I think the concept of people like just the need for caffeine, you know, when you've got kids or if you have a family or just like when you're adjusting to a new work schedule, um, that was kind of an, that, I think that's an adult thing. I'm not, I'm not a morning person and it's so true. Like some people are just morning people and they're just ready to go. But I'm like, I need my coffee first, like, hold on. Or like my tea. You know? <laughs> I guess that's, uh, that's the only thing that like comes to mind that that's, yeah. very adult and like responsible and just because you need to keep going and you know you're working eight to ten hours a day and just some some fuel yeah very true very true I have been off coffee for almost three months oh my, you are a hero my gosh <laughs> it's been it was it's been hard there's some days where I'm like at about noon I'm like oh my goodness I need to like lay down for a nap and I'm thinking, ooh, a coffee could really solve this. And then I'm like, no, don't do it, Liv. Don't do it. Go, don't go back to the dark side because I get hooked on coffee. And it's really tough to get out of that rut. Like once it's so routine. Oh, it's it's very difficult. And I admire you for for just cut like cutting it cold turkey. Cause that's I mean, because you deal with the migraines and the withdrawal. You have like a drug, like caffeine is a drug. So you're withdrawing from that. Um, and I can kind of relate a little bit because I was just kind of like, like, I'm not going to lie, I was kind of over coffee for a little bit. And I went to tea and I was like, I just felt so much better drinking black tea. And it just felt lighter. But because I, I think I was having too much coffee and just like, I need the happy medium, a little caffeine, but not too much. So I yeah, tea um, for, I probably about like, since I started this job, so a year. Um, but in here and there I'd have decaf coffee cause I do like the taste of it, but just this week it, it's been, the weather has been super gloomy in St. Louis and I, I had to, I had to do a little coffee. So I've been, this week was a little break from the tea. But it's when the time is right, that coffee's good. What's that? When the time is right, a coffee is oh, really yeah. good. Oh yeah. And just, like I said, decaf and just on like a, like a Saturday morning, like 
it's a, it's a way to weed yourself off of it because <laughs> it still tastes like it, but it's not, a, you know, it doesn't have all the caffeine. So that's I feel, true. I feel that's- <laughs> oh man I'm so glad we had some time to do this I can't believe we're already in, at an hour we're oh, pretty gosh. much for time wow. that was that was a quick hour do you have any questions, questions? I, oh, time flies when you're having fun yeah no this was fun this was fun um I'm so looking forward to the next time we can actually be together and go hug each other and have a big old reunion. It's going to be so much oh, fun. I can't wait. It, hopefully it's sooner than later, but I'm sending you hugs now from, from Missouri. Yes. So yeah. Yes. Perfect. Perfect. I love my hugs from Missouri. Oh, yeah. St. Louis. It's, it's the hug. Yeah. It's very, it's specific. So I, I, hugs from beautiful British Columbia. Oh, and I love you and we'll talk Sounds soon. Good. It's good to hear your voice. I miss you. Thanks, Steph. Thanks, Liv. Okay, bye-bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Modern Badass Podcast. If you like what you heard, feel free to share it with a friend or send us a DM on Instagram at the Modern Badass Podcast to tell us what you think as we continue on this path of storytelling. We can now be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and on Spotify. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review if you like what you hear. Can't wait for you to join us next Monday at noon for our next episode.